Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurred. That's a um, black blurred. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Hey, 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 everybody. Yes, yes, yes. You'll never guess who's here. Of course, you'll probably be able to guess. Maybe you probably even already saw, but... It's Mackenzie is back. I mean, this is what her fifth time back on the sixth time. I mean, just a regular. We love her. So great. And uh, this week, you know, we're talking about it. We've been waiting. I've been waiting for Mackenzie to get on here so we can. Hopefully you've already seen it. We're talking Spider-Man No Way Home. And woo, 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 woo. Can't say this enough. We are not holding anything back. It has been over a month that it's been out in theaters. So spoiler alert. It goes without saying. You'll need to go forward. We talk about everything so uh just beware this is uh we're just you know putting that out there we're doing it um and you know we talk about andrew garfield we love him we love his queerness and tom holland also got a little bit of queerness there too and zendaya i mean it's just it's just lovely they're bringing true love to the mcu so many great tidbits we discuss and unpack so our girl Brittany, uh, her conservatorship, Brittany Spears, just in case you're like, who? Brittany who? You know, Brittany Spears. You only got to say the one name. Couldn't be happier for her, but okay. We got to talk about her younger sister. Jamie is wildin' with this tell-all book that she wrote. So, and unfortunately, these sisters are having it all out on social media. So we unpack the Spears sister social media drama. Ooh, that's a title. And then the main corner, McKinsey speaks about black authors and challenges us all. Black History Month is right around the corner, and we've got our Black History Month challenge for you. Listen up. She's got you. You'll be hitting the book. So let's get into it. It's time to learn, laugh, and play right here on All New Woody Corner. New year, new eyes. Mackenzie Green, our first show with you in 2022. I'm having difficulty saying that. I know. I don't know what year we're in. But honestly, (sighs) I feel like, I think I might be like the the Bill Murray or whoever's in the five-timers club of this show. I mean, at this point, I've been on here so many times. Like, how did this happen? (laughs) I was just thinking about that. I was like, I met that first time when I was like, oh, can't be on my show. Did you realize this would be pretty much a monthly, if not bi-monthly Well, I mean, (laughs) we'll get to it in the, like, in the topics, but truly, as I walked out of Spider-Man No Way Home, I, like, I turned to my mom and said, like, oh, I should be doing Minority Corner about this. And as the credits were rolling, you texted me and said, I'm leaving Spider-Man. And I was like, I'm leaving Spider-Man right now. And it was like, I just, I realized I've reached this irrational point where like something happens in the Marvel Universe. And I'm like, uh-huh. I should, I should send James like a, 
like a time <laughs> but I'm now like I'm totally available to it's, like, come on it's in fact I will tell you this I purposely have not talked about Spider-Man with oh, anybody else I was saying thank goodness we have not talked about it on this podcast at all I was saving it all for you Hallelujah. that's it but that it was such a serendipitous so special it was such a it was such a serendipitous moment I will never <laughs> this has happened I, this happened before in a different Marvel movie this happened we before both, was it Shang-Chi we both left the movie I think movie it was Shang-Chi we were leaving yeah. the theater at the exact same time from where we are but what you all <laughs> in the audience have to understand is we're seeing these movies at the oddest times in oh, the middle yeah. of the day no, so yeah, it's that's not weird. like you and I are both going to like a 7pm showing nope, on the weekend nope, nope, nope. or like a midnight showing <laughs> the first night it comes out these are like 1 p.m. Yes, on a yes. on a Friday, like yes, that's exactly you know, like, it. I love I my Friday 1 p.m. show. Was like a three was like a 3 p.m. on like it a was. Wednesday because it was it a long was. weekend, and we both yep. were like, "Oh, here we go." So like that's what makes it even funnier is it's not at all like a rational time that another person should be seeing a movie. And not planned at all. I just sent like a, a text, and it's just like I'm leaving too. It's like whoa, so bizarre, so wild. Oh beyond wild like my poor like i have a i have a friend from college and i swear he is probably seething because he'll message me like like at the time that he thinks like oh she must have seen this and i'm like get out of my messages man <laughs> meanwhile like you send me a message at the exact moment that like the second credit rolls were standing up and i'm like my phone and my mom's like who's texting you and i'm like oh she just finished the movie like it was like my poor buddy tim has been trying to like sync up our marvel cycles so badly for years now and i'm like i don't know what to tell you bro I don't know what to tell here you. it is here it is it's just that magic we absolutely got it so unpacking spider-man homecoming and i feel safe doing it now because at this point everyone and their mom has seen it five times yeah. according to exactly. the box office record and i'll be completely it. honest if you haven't it's because you really don't care about these movies and so oh, you man, just want to be annoying to the rest of us and be like <laughs> don't talk about it although i will give some the slight caveat of they're worried about coronavirus but it, like you should the, be yeah. <laughs> you should be like, facts <laughs> i mean the my favorite part was like how truly i felt like i was at the other side of a wave where like yeah. I was in the theater and I was like, oh, texting you, walking out with my parents and my dad, who knows nothing about these movies, was like, I'm so glad we could see this in the theater. And then, like, the text <laughs> is coming in from, like, Apple News that's like, Omicron spiked yeah. in Los Angeles. And my mom yep. was like, well, back in the house we go, never to leave again. <laughs> yeah, it was that, like, like, really tight window. I will say, uh, Aneke, who uh, co-created this podcast, when she went to Spider-Man, she bought both the seats around her. <laughs> that's smart. And, but someone was sitting in them and okay, she so had to lose my mind. <laughs> so it felt really bad. She had to go get the usher and to to say, yeah. get them. But then all she did was just put her purse right where that seat That's was. Amazing. <laughs> where there was See, there. I thought she accidentally did it because I once did that at a Broadway show where I accidentally oh, bought two tickets. No. And so when I came to sit down, <laughs> these people were like climbing over me in my my coat and my purse just had a seat and they kept like looking trying to be like oh is this my seat is and i was like no no i know for a fact that's not your seat that's really just for my stuff like i, I just, bought I two bought tickets that. and it was like it was kind of like can we move away from this pillar and i was like no no that's my seat so you can <laughs> you can keep moving so my parents who don't watch any of this stuff i take them right my father and my mother immediately when it ends because the way mm. I don't think people understand, like not <laughs> since Endgame have I like screamed with strangers, jumped out of my seat like it's a soccer game, like all the stuff. 
my mom was so like, well, what did I miss? That like, as we were walking home, she's like, now what? Now what? Huh? Now, when did Mary-Kate and Ashley's sister, what did she have to do with this? And I was like, that's Wanda Maximoff. And she's oh. like, what? And I was like, Mom, did you ever actually watch WandaVision? She was like, I just said I did, so you leave me alone. So then we had to like, <laughs> so then we had to like watch WandaVision. Murdoch, and my dad's yeah. like, mm-hmm. well, who was the man that everybody screamed about at the table? And I was like, well, that's Matt Murdoch. And my dad's like, who th- who's Matt Murdoch? And I was like, well, this is this. And then my dad's like, now who are these two other white boys yeah. in the thing? Who are they? Like, he loved every second, but he was like, I didn't know what was happening. I see. He goes, like, oh, he goes, this must be so what right. it feels like for people that, like, just don't follow sports to go to the Super Bowl. He was like, I've never <laughs> understood it when, like, people who really don't <laughs> what was follow going sports on? goes to yeah. like, I had a great time. And I always think, like, how? You didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's when he was like, I got it. He was like, I had a great time. Everybody else was there was having a great See, time. Thi- it was very entertaining. Oh, I don't ooh, know what I was looking at. I, and I, I want to do a rewatch. And then we year. watched all it's of WandaVision. One of my favorites. And it's interesting because like, I gave up watching like my aunt and uncle, who they love movies. We will just, over the holidays, it's all we did, just watch hours and hours of movies. Um, but I gave up with trying to keep them up to date and understanding the MCU because they're in that same way. It was around, it was around Ant Man and the Wasp. They had so many questions, and they have like they. Uh, yes. <laughs> I and, and that's yeah, early on. Like it, that was a very Ultron. She was that like, was a very simple like sort of MCU. You know, that was like yeah, uh, very, was much more simpler back then. Um, so yeah, it was like after. Ant-Man and the Lost, they had so many yes. questions. We're like, oh, okay. And then we tried it. We went home. We're like, okay, let's watch some of the ones that maybe they missed. And then they weren't paying attention, making gu- making gumbo. I think my favorite moment in the rewatch of WandaVision is like when Monica Rambeau was walking through the hex. So I cried the first time I saw it. I cried the second time I saw it. I knew I was like, I'm going to end up crying again. Like I've never seen it before. I'm sitting on the couch and there's just like, I, cause I knew if I like sniffled that they were going to look and be like, are you crying? So I just stayed like dead silent as like tears are like coming down my face. And my mom goes, she was like, Oh, that was like, she said something real like, Oh, okay. And then looks at me and she goes, Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh and she was like, what? And I was just like, mom, did that not like move you? This black woman just like heard the voices of generations of women mm-hmm. around her as she like mm-hmm. moved into her full purpose. And my mom was just like, I love watching these things with you. Cause you see way more than I see. I just saw this girl walk the struggle. To get through this. <laughs> I just saw this girl was strolling through this thing. I was like, Ooh, that's cute. Look at her go. <laughs> like, truly. She was like, Ooh, cool. Superhero pose. And she was like, and you're over here like sobbing. I love watching this stuff with you. And I was like, I am uh, so embarrassed. Love by it. <laughs> love it. Um, but with so with 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 Spider Man and spoilers are probably gonna happen. So yeah. uh, at this point, I'm sorry, everybody. I mean, it's guys, been. I'm and sorry. I mean, if you have Twitter at this point, you everything has already been. You did. Been, if you been, have been, TikTok at this point, you've basically seen the entire film be a seen it. <laughs> what I love is just the level of secrecy that folks were able to maintain yes. and really ha- Char- Charlie Cox. It was really great because everyone was like, those are your arms in the trailer. And he yeah. never lied to us. He goes, those are not my arms. And he was right. Those yes. were not his arms. His arms were in a completely different scene. But you know was. what I truly love about Feige? And I think it's so brilliant. So like the Andrew Garfield of it all is my 
favorite part yes. of this entire thing because poor Andrew Garfield has been fighting for his life for mm, over a mm, year. Mm, I mean, this man mm-hmm. got caught by a DoorDash delivery person. <laughs> He's been like, he had like, he had the heart. Toby, on the other hand, was just like, the story had gotten out that Toby had gotten dropped off someplace by an Uber driver and the Uber driver was like, yeah, I asked Toby, like, are you here for Spider-Man? And he just stayed silent and then as my car pulled away, he winked and I knew it. Like, Andrew, <laughs> on the other hand, has been out here doing tick tick boom press and truly yeah. fighting for his life and like yeah. right mm-hmm. as right when that video dropped where people were like Andrew we got you in 4K Kevin Feige was like yes Daredevil is in the movie and everybody yep. was like Kevin Kevin this is how we know Andrew's in the movie because you're telling us too much stuff that would upset <laughs> everybody I think I think what's my favorite part is this idea that like these movies are about secrecy, right? Like now the MCU is very much about like, we don't talk like you got people spending entire weeks with Harry Styles and like mm-hmm. saying nothing, like being on the mm-hmm. press tour and being like, Hmm, what? Like you've got like <laughs> Mahershal Ali doing his press tours for up separate, like Shakespearean plays being like, well, if I ever get a call about what I'm working on, uh, I can't wait. Meanwhile, like, already shot something, but like, yeah, meanwhile has word. been done, has been fitted for his blade costume, the whole thing. <laughs> I think my favorite thing was like seeing like Jamie Foxx, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, like Andrew Molina, like these guys that didn't exist when Marvel was this secret society, like watching Jamie Foxx literally tweet out the day the poster dropped, like a picture of him in his electro (laughs) suit and being like, so excited to come back to, (coughs) to the costume. And then immediately people being like, wait, what? And he was like, "Never mind. You didn't see anything. (laughs) Or like Andrew Molina doing an interview being like, it's been great coming back to Spider-Man. And people are like, I'm sorry, what's happening? And then meanwhile, you've got Andrew doing the greatest. I mean, he almost had me for a hot set. Like oh, he didn't, yeah. but he did. Like in a very yeah. Catherine Hahn is Agatha Harkness kind of way. I was like, right. I think he's in this, but well, he and might not. But it was, but it was so believable because he was so hurt by the Spider-Man yes, series. That's and what. So you ma- didn't, that's why I and stopped you didn't believing wanna, it. And you didn't want to push it. You didn't want to push why it. You were like, no, 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 no. It. He was burned by it. I'm yes. gonna just go with it. He's hurt. It's in the stop. Meanwhile, he's already like, you know, filmed this, yeah. you know, goddamn thing already. And yeah. like, like he said, he was like, I, I got. He's like, say. I put the stupid suit back on. He's like, I'd gotten a text message from everybody at Sony. He's like, Emma Stone's <laughs> texting me, being like, Are you in the movie? And he's like, What movie? What? Who? And I. I I got I I loved the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. I, I he's so talented. He brought so too. much emotional. I, he brought I a lot of emotional. I thought he was really cute. Cuz to be honest, like, like, I mean that's easy. Yeah. I mean Toby, sure, he was 29 Toby was playing a high schooler. I, yeah, like Toby was Spider-Man when I didn't like know boys were cute and then Andrew was Spider-Man when I was like, "Ooh, boys are cute." Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. that boy. He's cute. And I like and I like the emotional depth that he brought to Peter Parker more yes. than I needed or asked for, but he did. And then because he brought that emotional depth, then uh, we our newest Spider-Man also just being like, oh, I got your emotional depth. Right. I'm going to give you some emotional depth. And so everyone's just bringing emotional depth. Tobey Maguire's trying to keep up, trying to do his thing. He's like, I was in Seabiscuit. Tobey's like, I you. thought these were just silly, cute little cartoon <laughs> movies. I thought we did like Want to see dance. me dance? Yeah. Like, I was like, Tobey's like, I danced in these. Anybody want to we dance? We don't do that. We don't do that. What <laughs> um, I do love about this Spider-Man trilogy. Oh, for also... I then went, I'm so glad I watched it in this order. My cousin and I were out of like superhero movies to watch and we're like, well, do you want to watch 
Should we do Venom? All right, fine. We'll do Venom. Right. And so we did Venom after seeing Spider-Man, the latest Spider-Man. Thank God. I would have been so upset having watched (laughs) the Venoms. And then the the last Venom, the the thing at the end is he gets transported into this, uh, the MCU, and he sees a picture of Spider-Man, of... um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, he's like, ooh, we got to get him. And I would have been like, oh, my gosh. The entire time I was would have been watching No Way Home, I would have been waiting for Venom waiting to show up. Waiting for Venom. Up. I felt really bad for, like, the TikTokers that were like, Venom's going to make an appearance. Ven-. And I was like, Venom's not coming. Venom's not. Like, we know all the big bads coming. Because people were like, yep. it's going to be the Sinister Six. And people were right. like, I've counted five. Venom's going to be number six. I yep. think my hands-down favorite, I was trying to explain this whole thing again to my parents as we were like, walking home because of course i'm like one of those people that screamed when andrew walked through the portal knowing good uh. and well he was there <laughs> and then when toby came i just started crying because i was like that was yeah. my spider-man it's uh, my yeah, spider-man yeah. <laughs> and i think like what i loved is i was trying to explain to my mom that final fight and i said that final fight almost took out the whole movie and i said because mm-hmm. you have to understand a trailer got released where that yeah. lizard's head bent sideways and everybody and i said and even tom holland in the live reaction video (laughs) said what what about the and zendaya and that poor boy playing ned looked at him so fast like no no keep that shut shut up shut up shut up (laughs) and i loved it so much like every but i think i just there was something very sweet about when Andrew Garfield was explaining, like, I grew up watching Tobey Maguire and he was my hero. And it's like, and then I lost this thing that I had wished my whole life to be. But then I watched this wonderful young man step into it. And he was like, so I was just standing on set being like, wow, I'm surrounded by my hero and my little brother. And like, wow. (laughs) Like, isn't he just a sweet, like, I'm not kidding. The way he became so drastically attractive like mm. in that moment when he was like, it, it was improvised when I said, I love you guys and all this stuff. I or, know. Like, or like him I, randomly uh, being like, I love making out with men. And I was like, does he and uh, Harry see, Styles I know the cheat codes? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they know, mm-hmm. like I, I'm always like, if any man my age is like, <laughs> what does a woman want? I'm like, watch Andrew Garfield. It's like, yes, trying yeah. to kiss dudes. It's taking uh, mushrooms and going to that. Disneyland. It's like mm-hmm. saying emotionally mm-hmm. vulnerable things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a reflection of my mother grief and crying on national TV uh, and we're all like, I love you so much. You're just I, a sweetheart. I, I, and I think that's part of the thing, my attraction to Andrew Garfield. I don't, well, I don't know what he is. Men who just are f- comfortable with who they yes. are and they're like, fuck sexuality and gender. He was the right. one that was like, MJ should be like in his. Yes, he, uh, was, he was like, like MJ, MJ should, should be a, a guy. A yes. And then he had and to reach, and then he had to retract it. Sony was like, oh, I don't think we're ready for that. And just yeah. like, and then you know, then he plays Jonathan Larson and Tick Tick Boom. So he just he everybody yeah. loves him. He's great. We love him so much. Just like so just great. I will say, in regards to Spider Man, I like got to say as you and I were talking about this is I have a theory. Again, we're going to spoiler time. <laughs> I feel like what they did is they painted themselves into a corner by the end of the second one where it's like, everyone knows who Peter Parker is. And this movie was just to sort of retcon some of that. I think very quickly they're going to solve it and that, you know, MJ and Ned are going to like somehow remember um, and just keep it small. Keep it small. I don't even think a lot of the Avengers 
will know his identity again or need to know. I think it's kind of fun. Let's get either. some. There's not enough secret identities in this MCU. I will say there are Everyone not. Knows everybody. People, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's like, hey, aren't you Captain America? Like people are walking <laughs> up to the Hulk and being like, hi, can I get a selfie with you? And I'm like, wait, what wait is happening? What? I mean, I thought that was like. You know, listen, Stephen Strange got me with the everybody that's ever loved you. We will never remember you. And I was like, oh, God, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen loves somebody like yeah. they also I mean, <laughs> the MJ thing got me. But like, I think as I could have watched two hours of that fight on top of the Statue Ooh. of Liberty, mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. then I even have a sweatshirt that says with great, great power comes great responsibility. So like when Aunt May said it, I was like, oh, <gasps> This is it. Like, and that's what I thought was, I was like, give it up to Kevin Feige because people have been bitching and moaning for Mm -hmm. all of these films being like, he would never have his friends there. The suit's not accurate. How come he's in the Avengers? Oh, so Uncle Ben died off screen. We never got to see him bitten by the spider. And then you realize, oh, this has been a slow play. This has been a three movie origin story. That's it. Now the real Spider-Man story begins and he's stripped of everything that he had had before. Now he's that scrappy neighborhood Spider-Man and we can go on, go on those adventures. And I will say like, and it took me for a loop, did not expect Aunt May to again you haven't seen the movie like I'm sorry sorry. it hurt me it hurt hurt me me so hard because you also love Marissa Tomei she's been a great Aunt May and a very like accurate Aunt May people were so upset when she got cast as an Aunt May and I'm like she wasn't an old decrepit woman y'all don't have aunts in your 50s and 60s like what like that's actually age appropriate yeah (laughs) you know how I know this was a good movie this is so irrational I kid you not I woke up two days after I saw that movie at like 5 a.m. and my first thought was I hope Peter's okay because it was close (laughs) to Christmas I genuinely sat in my bed like I hope Peter's okay okay. and then I just felt so silly and then I was like you've lost your like I've had that (laughs) I had that occurring thought for at least like a week after the film where I'd be like randomly I would just be doing something and I'd be like I hope Peter's okay and I was like he's not real but like (laughs) then I went to Disneyland and I thought I was so clever on the Spider-Man ride that every time he'd be like hey guys I'm Peter Parker and I'd be like who is this man and there was like three people that thought it was hilarious oh that is like I don't know Peter Parker that's been erased from me who I was like, who? who is this? I was like, who is this man talking on this ride? Who the hell is Peter Parker? Why does he know t- who? What? The late great Tony Stark. Like, I kept taught in this. Like, only two other nerds who were also wearing like memorabilia were like I, giggling. Having, and my mom having the time of your life. Compl- and my mom had completely forgotten. It was like, why do you keep screaming that? Like, you're what is wrong with? He's right there. What? <laughs> Uh, last thing that I'm going to point out about uh, this Spider-Man trilogy is I actually think um, I think this is there's not a lot of like earned love stories in the MCU yeah. which I'm fine with I'm fine yeah. with because there's doing too many other things I, it's fine we've got but a lot I will going say, on we got a lot going on there's people dying Thanos is trying to snap <laughs> everybody away we got <laughs> celestials you know trying to you know b- ruin the earth um, and but I will say is that like this was I, I love their love story I feel like it was I, I felt too. it was the most earned it was so tragic between MJ oh. and Peter um, and I thought it, w- it was a good three film build up i thought it was I mean, it, it's a really good one they they got my ass like whether yeah. he and zendaya stay together like oh, i was just yes, like oh, art imitating life i just found myself the moment she was they like, were I love warned you. I was like, 
they like were warned by Amy that. Pascal. I she also so or she warned uh, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> And Emma Stone, she always sits yeah. them down and she's like, and she Don't said she you told today. To- she said she told Toby and Kristen the same. I just I just felt like so much of the movie must have also reflected like the kind of real life parallels of these moments where like you're Andrew and Toby and you're watching like Zendaya and Tom have their moments and you're like, Oh, I remember when I was in love with my MJ. Oh, like no. or you're like yeah. or you're just watching yeah. I just and I love that they fit in like those meme moments that were such fan service of like, Ugh, where does your yes. web fluid come from? Or like, yes. <laughs> of course, my favorite was that they snuck in like the pointing meme. And the, I just thought yeah. like, I just I thought it was so funny that so many of the critiques were like, it was for the fans. And it's like every yeah. movie does not have to be garbage. Zach's, like it does not yeah, have to Zack Snyder <laughs> doing some sort of epic poetic thing that no one asked for. That nobody asked for. Meanwhile, Kevin Feige was clearly on TikTok and Twitter being like, what do the kids want? Okay, they want to think about the web fluid. Okay, they want to think where everybody does their poses. Okay, they want to think where everybody points at each other. <laughs> and it worked. If you're going to crowdsource ideas, like, this is fine. And I then it's it. funny because everyone gets so mad when they don't get what they want, like, in a Star Wars. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, you know, fuck I was the like, No, he know literally said, you know. what do you want? You want you want Matt Burdock? You want Daredevil to show up? Great. Look, that's his lawyer. Oh, you guys Boom. have been concerned about uh, when he's going to get the speech. Guess what? Aunt May's the one that gives it. She's done so. Like, you want to know about the <laughs> spider? Tragic. When he, right. When he said the thing to MJ, he was like, the best thing that ever happened to me since I got bitten by that spider. And that was Feige being like, boom, there you go. He got bitten by the spider. Leave me alone. Like go, somebody yeah. said, y'all are so <laughs> compressed about finding out when Charlotte's Web showed up. Like he just told you. <laughs> it was just such a it was such a smart movie. And I was like, I truly hope other people like pay attention that you can make something that is like for the fans but also for newbies because mm-hmm. the sheer fact yeah. that my mother yeah. who's yep. never asked to watch these things left that film and was like show me more that was amazing mm-hmm. are they all like yeah. that and i was like here and we go now, let's go in the r- well on the ride. and go let me get my disney plus and go down this yeah. rabbit hole you just gotta <laughs> gotta just get them with one you gotta get them with one okay uh, we have. There's so many shenanigans that's happening. I don't even know where to start. There's there's all kinds of things. So, uh, Brittany and Jamie Lynn, uh, have you been following? Oh, any I've been of- following it. <laughs> it's crazy. The ongoing feud between Brittany and Jamie Lynn Spears, which is so tragic. Cause I remember not too long ago on Brittany and Jean, they were singing a song together about. Jamie Lynn likes white wine and Britney likes red wine, which is actually not true because Britney can't have booze or alcohol. But that is not a fun song. We want the song where the sisters are drinking white wine. Exactly. (laughs) She's like, I don't drink alcohol, but go for it. Sister is (laughs) not what happened. So if you're living underneath a rock, there's been this thing. So essentially, so Jamie Lynn Spears has a book that is coming out called Things I Should Have Said. And According to Jamie Lynn, listen, everybody, I know what you're thinking. Like, hmm, this seems weird. Like, all this stuff about Britney's conservatorship has come out. She's had a lot of finger pointing and, and saying, you know, her family was involved. And then Jamie Lynn is having a book out. Is she trying to clear her name? You all, that is not fair. Jamie Lynn says that this book has nothing to do with her sister. I mean, sure, her sister was in her life. There might be some things. And, and listen, sure, most of the have- book mentions Britney, but, you know, it's not about Britney. So she's been going on this tour, doing a book tour, yes. essentially, um, and just having all of these different things that are coming out. And and then Brittany, like you literally have just two sisters fighting 
on social media yeah. that is happening. Live like, and in it, effect. And like, if you have siblings, you know what it's like to argue with your sibling. But imagine doing that on social media with millions of followers. I think like what the hardest thing in all of this, and I've talked about this with like a bunch of people, is I think the hard thing in all of this is like the Britney of it all, right? So it's like, I think people forget that mm. like, Jamie Lynn was a little girl as Britney was like really battling mental illness. Cause I think people forget that like Britney still is dealing with mental illness. Like, yes, yes the conservatorship yep, 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 was yep. over and it was garbage, but like yep. Britney, like I think it's this crazy thing where like Jamie Lynn keeps waiting for her older sister to be her older sister and deescalate this. And I'm like, no, this is a person who's dealing with like their own trauma and actual mental illness and all this stuff. And like, unfortunately you're going to have to be the bigger person and be like, I'm not going to fight with my sister online. Like the book's not perfect. Like you're going to have to kind of pull a Naira Rivera and be like, yeah, this book's a little salacious and it's a little (laughs) shitty. And like, it's what the publishers wanted and like, sorry, not sorry, but like I'll, you know, I'm going to use the proceeds from half the profits of the book Mm. to like, you know, aid towards, you know, women in abusive relationships or conservatorships or whatever. But it's like, but like they're both approaching it. Like the other one is completely, sane and fine and like they don't need to be conscious of the context of where they are like yeah and then they're doing yeah. it on social media uh and i think it's like things too because who better to trigger you than one of your siblings there is yes. a reason why the first murder in the bible was yeah, a brother brothers. murdering a brother like yeah. it's like who else yeah. is going to trigger you more there's nobody else that sibling. knows you better to like say the most annoying thing Ah, the most, they, this they doing the most. And I encourage you all to take some time. Uh, we'll link it in the show notes, but just the post. And also to your point, Brittany yeah. is still battling. So she also has like no handlers, right? Which yeah. is fine. Listen, this is her life. No one's like put Kanye in a conservatorship. This is her I life. Blah, blah, blah. But the post, it's, they're, they're long. And there's, you know, there, she was one that was very lengthy about, she was like, I went to read the uh, I went to go watch my sister's uh, interview and thank God I had a 104 degree fever. And then my security guard wouldn't get me any headache medicine. He kept telling me, no, it's like four paragraphs of that. And then she gets in that where she says, like, you wouldn't let me play with you anymore. And you're like, Brittany, you were a possibly 21, (laughs) 22 year old woman. Like, I think I said to one of my friends, like the problem about like for us as fans of Brittany is like, if you were a Demi Lovato fan, you were there with them as they went through mm. their full diagnosis, yeah. the ups, the downs, all this stuff. So the fans got a chance to adapt. I said, we as Britney fans, she was fine one day. She was doing the making of the video <laughs> on MTV. And the next thing we knew, she wasn't talking to us, but she was swinging around on a stripper pole in Vegas at the VMAs <laughs> looking crazy. And we were like, what's happening? What happened? And I said, what and, I said and I think the funny part is like a lot of her fans thought conservatorship ends. She's going to be on Facebook, like on Instagram the next day doing a live being like, Ooh, guys, I'm so glad, I'm glad that's play. over. I don't have to no. play pretend to be this person anymore. I'm so glad to see you guys. So I'll be releasing my NFT of baby one more time next week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like no she's still th- like now she's just got no people around to kind of like yes right like filter all so we as the fans are like why are you in a swimsuit and high heels what is this message why are you talking a lot about- of naked pictures yes. popping up with the flowers over the nips and again this is her right and stuff to do it and i i had a feeling not that like that when the conservatorship ended i was i did not think i was, it was like gonna we're gonna be gonna puppies get the and rainbows person. Yeah. It's going to get and it's going to be even more unfiltered and it's just going to and to her like she needs the right team of people around and this stuff. And here's the thing. Here's my thing about her sister, though. 
instead of going to go write this book, go talk to your fucking That's my sister. Thing. And here's the thing that gets me about, you know, J- Jamie Lynn. And for Jamie, and I can understand it as a younger sibling, Jamie Lynn feels that, like, you know, I had to work so hard to get out of my sister's shadow. Yeah. But Brittany's like, girl, you have everything that you have because everything yeah. that I did. And even some of, J- some of Brittany's posts are like, they weren't as hard as you on you as they were to me, which is like just such like sibling talk. But then the thing that really kills it is that after all of this kerfuffle and stuff went back and forth, Jamie Lynn did a post after like the New York Times number one bestsellers came out. And she's like, thanks, y'all. We did it. Number one, girl. Yeah. Because of this drama, (laughs) your book sold. People bought this book because you two are feuding online. And they're like, oh, I want to go hear what's happening. Absolutely. You should go thank your sister because she helped you sell That's those copies. You wouldn't have if done home, it alone. If Homegirl had announced, like, half of the proceeds are going towards a charity of Britney's choosing, you know, it's like then people would have been like, oh, OK, like, at least you're making something better out of, like, re-traumatizing her. But I also know that she's clearly <laughs> unpacking trauma because any person yeah. that says Justin Timberlake was the only father figure I had, I'm like, well, mm. I'm going to see myself out because nobody uh, here is is well. Uh, she did say in one of the posts, uh, pretty much, you know, can you just call me? I've made several attempts <laughs> and I have to explain to my kids why why their aunt is like, you know, essentially kind of like what their aunt is doing and saying all these things to make people want to kill us. And so that's a oh note for God. the fans. Yeah, Y'all, it's just two siblings who are, are, are going through it. Right. We don't need the death threats. Why does it always escalate to death threats? Like you I, and I are here sitting chit chatting. We're not me. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now let's go murder Jamie Lynn Spears. Like, do you why does it escalate you, to that? Like, do you know how much that that is a phenomenon of like <laughs> modern parasocial relationships that I will never understand, which is this like loving somebody so much that you're like, go kill yourself. Other person. <laughs> like it never occurred to me to ever like see in sync. And be like, I'm going to tell them to go kill themselves. Like, <laughs> I know what I'm going to do because I love the Backstreet Boys. So I want each and every one of those five dudes to drown. Like, it never occurred. I was just like, oh, I just won't listen. I was just like, if, if yeah. 98 Degrees comes on the TV, I'm turning it off. That's it. There we go. Done and done. That's it. Huh. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears and get over to your corner. You're going to help us get ready because Black History Month is coming. One of my favorite months of the year. Be aid. And so you just get to do whatever you want. You're like, all right, blackity black, black month. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Mackenzie Green's Black Author Challenge that we're going to pose to the listeners. there i'm ellen weatherford and i'm christian weatherford and we've got big feelings about animals that we just gotta share on just the zoo of us your new favorite animal review podcast we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness ingenuity and aesthetics guest experts give you their takes informed by actual real life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks cheetahs and sea turtles It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is a podcast. 
Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. That thing is not my daughter. And I want you to tell me there's a show where the hosts don't just report on French science and spirituality, but take part themselves. Well, there is, and it's Ono, Ross, and Carrie on Maximum Fun. This year, we actually became certified exorcists. So yes, Carrie and I can help your daughter. (laughs) Or we can just talk about it on the show. Ono, Ross, and Carrie on MaximumFun.org. And we're back. Get those books. Get those books. Get those black books. Mm. <laughs> I think this is the first time we've oh, ever no, done a corner you. in which I might vaguely be prepared. Um, <gasps> I know. This is really exciting. I don't know your stoicism one. People, we got oh, tweets wow. about that. and We don't get oh. many. We don't get That's many. <laughs> well, honestly, this so this whole idea of this corner came out of the fact that I read an excessive amount, like an insane amount. Like I read 115 books last year. So I'm an insane person. Dang. But I, so I know that for people that read a lot, what invariably happens as Black History Month approaches is everybody wants to kind of know, like, what's the anti-racist book, right? And it's like, it's always some piece of nonfiction. It's like, you know, Isabella Wilkerson is beautiful. But I think I want to, like, make a defense of fiction for the folks out there. So when I was in business school, I took a class called Leadership Through Fiction. And I realized there was, like, a lot of power in fiction reading and that great novels are a lot like art that they give you kind of this insight into the human condition in a way that you couldn't get elsewhere um there's this great quote by Raphael casal who was in who's currently in uh yeah blind spotting but was also in the movie blind spotting where he was talking about somebody was asking about his character who's basically like a wicca and it was like why are you comfortable playing that character and he said because when you play a character it puts you in a position where you can give the audience somebody to analyze that's not themselves, right? Mm. It's like they can step back and talk about what that character's doing wrong, what that character's doing right, what they relate to. Ooh, that wasn't smart. But when you turn the mirror around to them, they get a little defensive. And so my big challenge to folks is this Black History Month to read black fiction, you know, there's this great note from Fran Leibowitz. One of the few things, good things she said. It's like a book should be a mi- should be a door, not a mirror. So, I want to challenge people to like pick up black authors in fiction and not just spend all of Black History Month like rereading How to Be an Anti-Racist or Between the World and Me. But it's like there's a lot of power to learn the black experience through like The Color Purple, Invisible Man, mm. you know, the mm-hmm. things fall, fall apart. You know, you could read uh, mm-hmm. uh, Beale St- If Beale Street Could Talk. Like there are so Ooh. there's even contemporary yes. black authors. It's like Black Buck. um, we cast shadows there's so many great pieces and there's so much incredible black fiction out there that it can give you like that popcorn fiction yeah. like bad hair all the way to like mm-hmm. those deeper things like i said like invisible man and i i think the biggest thing is like there's a great neil gaiman quote and i have it here it says fiction gives us empathy it puts us inside the minds of other people it gives us the gift of seeing the world through their eyes Fiction is a lie that tells us true things over and over. And so, like, if you right now are, like, still riding that anti-racist train or you're feeling a little guilty because your black square didn't really, like, fix everything and you're like, how do I keep the momentum going? In February, I totally challenge you to read, like, 
at least four black authors because that would count as like a book a week um but like make the book you choose mm. for the month of february something by a black author that is kind of a lens of fiction you wouldn't typically uh engage with and you might be shocked when you see the world through the eyes of a black person and please please guys pick a <laughs> black author not a white author <laughs> writing a black story. And I don't care because <laughs> I've made that mistake before, even with romance novels. And I don't care, guys, if it's like it's a romance <laughs> novel. Jasmine Guillory writes beautiful rom-coms that give you an incredible mm-hmm. sight into like how a black woman is navigating the world. And you can totally read a black thriller. Like, just go nuts. Find a genre you like. Yeah. Pick a black person that's doing it and, like, dive in. I promise you will not regret it. Ah, I love this so much. I will say, though, it's so interesting. I I I never read fiction. I don't. It's, like, weird. I don't read right? for fun. I'm always like, I need to be learning, like, and growing. And But, like, I was just having this debate with somebody today where they were like, well, I have to read to learn. And I was like... That you're learning through fiction. Oh, you wow. learn. Like, literally, the Stoic philosophers would, like, go to plays. Like, Virgil's poems are, like, what Seneca leaned on. Like, Seneca yeah. read Inferno and got ideas for his philosophy. Like, I like to say there's a difference between literature and, like, as I call them, literary flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> literary flaming hot Cheetos are, like, the non-substantive things I read that I'm like, none of these quotes are relevant. I will use nothing. I will never discuss this book with anybody. It was a good time. Goodbye. But like Uh, something like when no one was watching, which is like a black thriller mm. about like gentrification. There are some lines in there that I like immediately underline and put them in my commonplace book. Cause I was like, Oh, this is such a spot on description of like the black experience or like, Jasmine Guillory, like the protagonist explaining what it's like to be a black woman trying to fall in love. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta write that down. I gotta keep that for later. So, like, my thing is you learn. Yeah. It's just not the same, like, mm. bullet points you put in the book. Right. And it's true because I was making my way through Tanahasi Coates' The Water Dancer last year. And I was, you, because you really get to be in that world. And a good writer yeah. is going to really do the research and really, and really take you there a lot more than, um, because you're getting to walk in the shoes of that character yeah. and that experience it in a different in a different way. I stopped it because I was doing the audio version. And I think, oh, this was during the election. I was doing the audio book oh, of man. it. I was having nightmares. And it was by it was Joe Mortensen is doing the audio reading oh, of it. Oh, yeah. So that is and yeah, I was I, like, that's already intense. Listening before bed, I was having <laughs> nightmares. I was on that plantation. It was just I so I stopped. <laughs> but I feel like this is a good month to get so I'm actually doing yeah. my two books that I'm in the middle of our uh cast. By Isabella Wilkerson. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then uh, The Water Dancer by Tanya Hussey Coates. And then I love it. this book called Subtract, which is about how to subtract things from your life. Because as human beings, yeah. we're wired to continue adding more. Um, at least in the, I haven't gotten to the, the end of it, but the book is like, we are wired this way or is it cultural? Haven't gotten to that way. But for example, there'll be like a, a, a set of Legos and they'll say, like, make these two sets the same. And 80% of people will add to make the, them the same. And only, like, 20% of people subtracted. So you're always adding. That's wild. Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. That is yeah. crazy. But uh, I'm looking forward to adding some of these. They gave some really great recommendations as well uh, that I think we should definitely I mean, 
take into and truly for anybody that's like i'm not kidding i read so much it's dumb if you truly are like i want to read more black authors just come find me i'll tell you all you need to know there we go awesome mckenzie green thank you for giving us our black book update for black history month this is the way to go get those books ready go get them on and, and oh can i also add to your challenge yes if you're buying this book buy it from a black bookstore black yes there's you an know? incredible black owned bookstore here in la called the reparations club and oh, it is oh, a oh. treat <laughs> yeah we recommend like, probably don't just take go the extra step don't buy this book <laughs> Go, go yeah, support. Go a great way to support black yeah. businesses. Go crazy. All right. Well, that is our show. So great. We're going to have Mackenzie Green back on next week's episode. So much more to unpack. We're going to dive into Black History Month. Uh, we will have uh, the history of lynching and what the NAACP did to fight it. So uh, some really interesting stuff to talk about there and unpack. I'm going to talk about that new Bill Cosby documentary coming out. We have to talk about Bill Cosby because that's what the documentary is saying for us to do. So, so much more. So hopefully we will, well, not hopefully, I know we'll have you back here next week. I want to thank the best podcasting team in the business, Lori Fowler, our production coordinator, and Sarah Brown, the fantastic producer, editor. Love them both so much and i also want to thank you our amazing listeners we love you so much uh and our maximum fun members as well thank you all for listening to minority corner because together we are the majority maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.